This is the Sister Squad with Morta, Nona, and Dekuma. This week we're talking about the disappearance of Rachel Runyon and how that was a turning point in our years growing up and how everything changed after that and people were scared and the community was no longer a safe community and you realized that there were monsters out there that you couldn't explain any other way. Which, you know, so we had one of our family members killed by Ted Bundy and I'm thinking back like when my mom was raised and back even when we were raised that just kind of wickedness on a on a on a big level you know like to where it affected everyone and everyone knew about it was just kind of becoming starting then right and i still suggest that if our mother had had find my phone when any one of us was oh, late she she would have been on it. us like a blood are you kidding? Well, it's like sitting up at the junior high, waiting for a ride, and then I finally start walking home, and she passes me on her way to the junior high. She comes to get me late for whatever reason, probably yeah. making dinner, and she passes me, doesn't see me, and so she sits at the junior high forever waiting for me, and I'm walking home. I mean, yeah. She at that point in time, you're either my in phone. trouble for not coming or you're dead <laughs> because you've yes. been kidnapped. Yes, <laughs> and in trouble was the was what what it was. But yeah, she yeah. would have tracked. In fact, well, I tracked how- Katie this week on Snapchat. She's 21, but she went for a run, and she's in Wyoming. Yeah, and she called me back. And she, I said, "Call me when you get home." She called me when she left. She was going just on the main street up there, and. She was supposed to call me when she got home, and my phone rings. I answer it, and she hangs up, and then the phone's dead. I call straight to voicemail, call straight to voicemail, call straight to voicemail. So I'm thinking, did somebody she get, get her? You somebody know? snatched her and turned her phone off. She's right. dead. Yeah, she's dead. That's exactly so, the most logical explanation. Of course, <laughs> of course it is. So I waited, statistically speaking, at least three minutes before I got on Snapchat. (laughs) Three whole minutes. (laughs) And, you know, pulled up the map. And it went right to where her location, her last known location, which was right in front of her trailer. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, she was right there. So, you know what? You can look at it like you're tracking your kids. I just use it as a tool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they said, oh, people don't trust their kids. It's like, um... Shanna's the one that told me. I mean, she's 18. Here, Mom. She grabbed my phone and showed you Here's how it. you... Yes. She said, made herself available. She said, here, you can see where I am at, at any time. But, you know, it's like we've got kids. She's like... At her work, she closes up by herself. Mm-hmm. It's dark outside. She was, you know, 17 and going to school at night at the college and, come, mm-hmm. you know, coming out by herself at night. Lisa closed um, the swimming pool when she was there. A couple nights a week, she would be the last one to close. I'm like, well, make somebody stay with you. She's like, well, they don't want us all to stay. It only takes one. So one can leave. To stay. So they want to save 10 minutes of pay so that yeah. they all have to walk out by themselves. I'm like, that's ridiculous. 
Just have somebody well, it's wait. Just not safe. It's you know. Well, you've got a teenager like well, not to up be rude, pool. but I am gonna track my teenagers because the fool that trusts their teenagers, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Well, what they were talking about is that um, kids have found out how to fool you so that the tracker doesn't uh-huh. work. So, yeah. Um, but Cameron would leave his phone and then take off with his friends or whatever. But the rule is, you got two seconds to yeah. answer. Well. I just like Pick I told Shanna. I just want to know to start looking for, where to start looking for your body. <laughs> That's you what know? I told Lisa. Yeah. I'm like, look, you've got to come home on time. I know that you're 18. First of all, you're you haven't graduated for two more weeks. But even then, like on a school night, you live in my house. I apparently our mother could not go to sleep when we were out. I am not afflicted with that. I'm not. I'm not either. I don't <laughs> I'm like, I know that she's. I know that she's out. <laughs> I'm so tired. I, I hope said, so, she makes it home safely. So I'll like, see you wake, tomorrow. I hope. <laughs> I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh crap! Did she come home? I'm looking at the ring, going look, going back to see if she walked in. Like what time she came in? I'm like, look. I just need to know. Did you stay out late? Are you dead in a ditch? Where do I need to start the search party? That's all I need to know. This day and age, you know, with girls, that's really an issue. Have Have you seen the thing on? In the Facebook page about the girl that was thinking she was getting got at the Brigham Walmart. Yeah, you sent me the thing on Facebook. So the story with this is, is this woman, she was married, so she was in her 20s. Probably cute. Cute. Goes to the Brigham Walmart, and that one closes at midnight. So she goes in, she's shopping. There's a guy that looks like he's kind of following her around the store. There's a couple of them. But the other one, she didn't see the other one till later. When so she goes to check out, out, and this guy, he's like just inner space. You know what I mean? Like, and I would have turned around and said, Get the hell away from me! <laughs> yes, you would have. As you have done in the past. <laughs> However, she's much more polite than I am. So she just like keeps getting the heebie jeebs. Like, he won't stop following her. And then she sees that he is spotting another guy over by the door. And like they're they're kind of looking at each other. Or when did they contact. were speaking a foreign language? Because they were speaking to each other. I didn't other. read that. that yes, they, they were, were speaking, speaking in a foreign, foreign language. language to but each I think other. that she suggested that they were Hispanic. Is what they were. I don't know. Anyway, so finally, this woman, young woman, decides to take. She checks out. Is going to take. She calls her husband on the phone because she's worried that these guys are following her around the store. And then she goes out into the Brigham City parking lot, and, you know, it's like a ghost well, first, town. I think she went back to buy something else. Yeah. Came back up, and they were she waiting. Did. They were waiting. Waiting by the, the door, stand. or by the check stand, and by the door, or whatever. So then she goes out, and they've got a van parked right next to her driver's side door. Yeah, the parking lot's empty, but there's five guys and a van right next she to her She didn't car. see the other guys until, she, so she goes to put her groceries in on the passenger side, and then she got a bad feeling and just left her groceries and ran uh, to go to back, the, back to, the, to the store. The doors are now locked, and she can't get in. And there were now she notices there are five guys, not two. And some as she gets up to the door, finds out that it's locked. Two guys walk out that are um, good guys, uh-huh. and they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" She's like, "Ah, oh, these guys are following me." will you walk me to my car? And it sounded like the guy was pretty big. One of them, there were two guys. One of them was pretty big. He's like, sure. <laughs> and so he walks her out to the car and those guys sped off, hopped in the van and ran away and drove away. So here's my thing. Call 911. 
So I told Lisa, Everybody I'm like, call the police. Everybody catch the sex traffickers. You call know? the police from inside the store. Talk to somebody in the store. Look at them and say, why the hell are you following me? Start taking pictures. You look weird. Yeah. Godfrey, get away from me. Now. My mom did. Where were we at? We were in Vegas? I was married. Was that you? When we were in the Claire's. Mom say it too? Oh, no. You said it, but mom was in there yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Brenda's like, Mary, there's a guy right behind. <laughs> Get the hell away from me! <laughs> yeah. He was. If I, I would have like face. moved one more inch, I could have kissed him. I looked over my shoulder, and it's like, well, good evening. <laughs> Goodness yeah, gracious! I don't know what your intentions are, but they're not good. <laughs> well, you know what? Are, what are guys that? They were two guys in Claire's yeah. in the mall, and they were you know, twenty-one, looking at earrings, dangly earrings. Yes. Over and the top of my purse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird how that coincided with where my purse was, that that's what they wanted to do and look at. Anyway, so, yeah. It's just not, a, it's just not, you have to change the way that, that you go out in society. You just have to change the way you do everything for safety, I think. Well, and it's not my job to make you feel comfortable. So if you are a social misfit and you cannot figure out that following me around the store is not okay, then I don't feel bad telling you, you know, that. <laughs> the nice thing, though, is you wouldn't have to use find friends to track the guy over your purse because he was right there. <laughs> you know? Good point. But anyway, I, I just think my issue is, well, if your kids, if you trust your kids completely and they trust you, what difference does it make if, if you know you're tracking where they are? them? And actually, well, and especially if they're I minors, mean, like, like you guys are talking about your, I am not smart enough to, I don't have an iPhone. And so Liesl has an iPhone. So I don't, there's not a way for me other than going on the computer or looking at it that way. But I mean, I have every right with my minor children, absolutely. my boys who are like 10, 15 and 16. Why wouldn't I look to see where they are? All I can think about is the cherry berry incident. <laughs> What's the cherry berry incident? When Katie called me and said they were just coming back from cherry berry. I don't remember this. And I asked her what flavor she got, and she went on to tell me what flavor it was. Was it? And I'm watching her on her find my iPhone because I knew that she was going with people she wasn't supposed to be with. <laughs> And she was about 10 miles away from that out in Plain City at a park. Not anywhere near the Clinton Cherry Berry. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor is it? Oh, strawberry? What kind of strawberry is it? I said, oh, well, that's awesome. I will be over to your friend's house to pick you up in two minutes. So since you're only there and you're on your way home, I'll see you at your friend's house in two minutes. And I watched that dot that was in plain city <laughs> sprout little wings and fly up to about 150 miles an hour on the road i just love that there's cameras i just say pick please <laughs> picture yes. didn't happen yeah yeah well i would just say what are you doing da, da, da. pick please mm -hmm. and she needs to provide a picture with Before background yes That's with who she's with and where she's at yeah and that would only be in the event that i had some reason to mistrust her yeah which she's a teenager, and yeah, I did have a reason to mistrust her. Well, every, so I mean, if you've had every, a teenager, everybody kind of gets rebellious and is going to do their own little daring thing, like go like, to the park when they shouldn't be, <laughs> and tell them tell you that they're at a house, and then they're really going to go to the park because yeah. they're walking which, on the edge. 
yeah, it, it was nothing bad. It was just like, no, you were supposed to be at your... Well, even when I worked up in the ER, we had a girl come in, and she was literally like 12. And she was walking home from school, and a guy she didn't know, I mean, and she was a mess. Like, just her eyes were puffy from crying. He, like, snatched her. It was in Ogden somewhere. I don't know where. And she was not very old, 12 or 13. She's walking home alone. He came out and said hi, and she said hi. And then he, like, literally grabbed her, dragged her behind a dumpster, raped her, and left her. Mm. Like, I'm listening to this in triage, and I'm, like, tippity-typing. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, okay, let me get your vitals. I'm sorry, honey. Get her, got her vitals, and I went back to told the charger. So I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I know that we have to contact the police, but I don't know who does that. I'm sure it's the charge nurse or whatever. And she's like, yeah. Um, so they called the Ogden City Police, and then the police come and tell them where to go because they have the SANE nurse, sexual assault nurse examiner, who has been um, trained on how to obtain the evidence and it's always a woman and they take him to the children justice center to not traumatize him mm-hmm. well not further traumatize yeah. them you know what I mean because but it was just like you know I didn't think that I could still be shocked but I was a little bit like I am you know not- what I mean it didn't shock me that it happened but it kind of shocked me that it was this one that this one just right well, in front of you in the yeah. comments section of that sad. on the Facebook group there were so many women in the comments that said this happened to me. Yes, this they were telling their experiences. They're at Walmart and 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 you just know, you know when somebody is kind of after you. What I do not understand is why women don't call the police. They're afraid of being wrong or hurting someone's feelings, which we don't. We're not afflicted with that. <laughs> yes. And that was cuz our mom <laughs> made us yeah. not. Well, be that's what I it. told Lisa. I'm like, "You know what? I said you have every right to be a total bitch." Like Look at them and like say, "Are you following me?" Yeah, because and they then, because they don't want they want the easy target. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're relying on people just being polite. People pe- being polite. Yep. Like, why like, are you following me? Do I know you from somewhere? Because now let's stand right in front of the security camera here, waving. I don't know him. Pointing. He is freaky deaky. <laughs> I don't speak freaky deaky Dutch. <laughs> anyway, okay. that was interesting. I agree. Are you ready for my story? I'm ready. Shelly just sent me some pictures of Katie, though, in her overalls and at her work site. Oh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Look how cute she is. She looks like she means business. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I seriously told Mitchell the story about... The gun, Chad saying, I'm going to send her with the AR-15, and Katie saying, I'm going to Velcro it next to my bed. And if you hear, if you come up unexpected to my trailer, and you hear, rip, <laughs> duck. <laughs> Mitchell laughed so hard. He's like, I love her so much. I miss you guys so much. Well, that's the nice thing about being in a trailer. If someone tries to break in, you're going to hear. Uh-huh. There's no, there's no quiet way there's of no doing sneaky, that. There's no sneaky sneakness. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nope, not at all. That's funny. All right, are we ready for your story? Yep, true crime. So, the Rachel Runyon story. So, before we start, you guys tell me what you remember. Because you were older than me. 
What year was it? 19, August 26, 1982. So what? that was the summer... I was 12. ...before my senior year. I was year. nine. That was the summer before my senior year, and I... Um, I just remember, you know, being horrified. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they reported it. And I didn't really watch the news. I was a teenager. Yeah. Teenagers don't watch the news or read the newspaper generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that just didn't happen. Right. You know. When it happens so close to our home. Well, and things like that just didn't really happen. I was telling my kids, like, back then in Utah on the news, if somebody got murdered, it was like the leading story for a week. Like... It, because it was like, such a novelty. Three mm-hmm. murders a year, wasn't it, or something like that? I don't it know. was such a novelty that it would just be, they would report on it, and everybody knew, you know, the name and the what details, happened. And they right. would just, you know, every day you'd hear more details. It would be like the lead story because it was such a big thing. I tell my kids now, there's so many murders, I can't even keep them straight. Mm-hmm. Even uh-huh. the serial even the serial killers. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. hard it's hard unless they've done something really like Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, drill the hole in their head and eat them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you kind of remember that one. But there's so many serial killers that they're not a novelty anymore. Yeah. Right. So it blends. So back then at that time it was, you know, when it was like a 3-year-old. That yeah. was that was that was horrific. Well, I just remember she went missing. And I remember the being frantic when she went missing. Yeah. And then when they found her. Yeah. Okay, so here's the story. And to put it in context, so Adam Walsh went missing and died on July 27th of 1981. And they, I don't remember the details of the Adam Walsh other than they found, didn't find his head or did they only find his head? Um, I don't well, remember. They had to identify him. So how did they, did they only find his head? I just know he was detached. Decapitated. decapitated. I don't think they ever found his head. They identified him by his clothes or something. Anyway, so that happened on July 27th, 1981 in Florida. And so this is, um, fast forward to August 26th of 1982, um, Elaine Runyon, the mother of little Rachel, let her children outside to play. Now I've read, I mean, because we live in Utah and we've read it over and over and over again because we live nearby um, I always thought it was one place reported that she let her three children out to play. I'm pretty sure that it was just her two children. So they their backyard abutted like a park, like a school park. A school and a, ground, I think. And there's also a park. So the school ground and, a, and a, a park were together. And they played there often. And they begged her to go over there. And she, it was like 15 feet away from her back door. I think she could watch from her kitchen. Yes, she could. And so she was should. making lunch or whatever. So her um, Rachel and her brother, who was five, Rachel was three and a half, went outside to play. And this guy came and talked to them for about 10 minutes. And her brother has now been identified as Justin because now he's an adult. So Justin remembers his parents had talked to them about stranger danger and he was wondering to himself is this a stranger and so after about 10 minutes this man promised Rachel bubblegum and ice cream and she started to follow him back to his car and Justin yelled at her and said Rachel don't come back and she turned around to come back to follow her to be good a good little girl and the man picked her up snatched her threw her into his car ran around to the driver's side and drove off 
I can't um, even imagine. The little Justin, there was another boy playing in the park. He was a 10-year-old. And I think that's why it was reported that it was three kids. The, te- the 10-year-old was not a sibling. It was just another child who witnessed this. The 10-year-old saw this as well. And so um, he went, Justin went and told his mom, and they called the police. And Justin and the 10-year-old boy um, gave the police an um, ID. And they ID'd this guy as a six-foot tall black male, 25 to 35 years old. He was of medium build. He had a mustache. He was driving a blue mid-sized car. It was one of those four-door numbers with a wood grain stripe down the middle. And so maybe like a Pinto or (laughs) think of those nightmare cars from the 70s. Um, And so they really thought that they were going to find her like, because they had two really good eyewitnesses. The five-year-old who could give... I mean, a five-year-old, if they're articulate, can give a pretty good um, description. But a ten-year-old, yeah. that's Georgie's age. Well, and it's Utah, too. How many right. black people? The Utah's that's, percentage of black people is was, like, only 2%. And so that's the other thing that was that was noted, like, because I went on Reddit. I've been all day looking at this. People are like, I find it suspicious that they... Utah's a really white state. I find it suspicious that they identified it as a black person. Why? Children don't lie. Like, mm-hmm. they, he was sitting there talking to them for 10 minutes. And also, Sunset is right near Hill Air Force Base, where there's a large um, group of diverse people from all over the country. So anyway, they were, of course, there's a big search, goes out, and they just are coming up with nothing. The family is waiting for... A ransom demand, you know, because that was a thing back there, yeah. Back then, um, in the I was able to actually find some articles of newspapers that were, you know, copied and then put online in regards to this that they were waiting for. There was even um, some talk that maybe she had because she was beautiful. She was like, um, what's her She's cute little blonde. face? What's the cute little face that died in nineteen ninety six? John Bonet, who had been in the, mm-hmm. uh, she was a little. She was in those little beauty pageants. Rachel had just won Miss Sunset, little Miss oh. Sunset. And so some of the pictures that you'll see online were her with her hair all done, and she was just darling. So, of course, there's no ransom demand was made. So on September 19th, north of the town of Mountain Green, and they found her lying in a creek bed. She was nude. She was hogtied. Okay, it was August, to, August 26th to September 19th. How hot is Utah? She was nearly unrecognizable. So, um... They figured she'd been there for a while? Yeah. I don't... You know, that's funny that they didn't say how long she'd been there, but they said that she was unrecognizable. She was un... Able, look how cute that picture is of her. That just reminds me of Ellie. So I know. So cute. cute. So, um, the autopsy failed to identify the cause of death because of the deterioration of the body. They tried to match her known fingerprints to the body, but they failed. And so finally, the parents just couldn't stand it anymore, and they requested to see the body. And um, because she had had a chipped tooth, and then she had one tooth that was kind of poked out in a weird way, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they knew that they would identify her, and sure enough, that was her. Um, I can't even imagine. Oh, no kidding. Well, it's, it would be bad enough to see your child, your three-year-old, Dead in perfect condition. Right. But dead and decomposed. No. And then to know that she was found all tied up. 
And, you know, I remember that they said back at the time, but I couldn't find anything. And I didn't have, I had really good intentions to go to the library and look on the microfiche for the standard examiner and the Deseret News and whatnot. Because I'm sure that if I went to August of 1982, that every single newspaper would have an update on it every single day. Oh, I'm sure. You know, but I remember that they found her underwear or her dress or something with the body, but not on her. But I, I would have to, we'll have to update you. I'll go to the library one of these days. So anyway, they, um, the detective, this is from the 1982 article on September 21st that the, the parents had, I think the headline was parents identify the body of Rachel Runyon. And he said, um, that the police had been tracking leads outside of the state, wondering about ransom and even wondering if she was going to be sold for adoption. He said there was no evidence that there was a black market for babies in the U.S. that they could find at that time. Um, they did wonder if the perpetrator was local based on where the body was left. You know, like... That was such a random place. Yeah. If you're from Utah, you know that like... It says going, Mountain Green. Yeah, just it's... Morgan County, just north of Mountain Green, on, Trapper's on the Trapper's Loop Road. And they had, the whoever left her there had, like, kind of put branches and kind of debris over her to hide her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this picnicking family, the kids were just down by the river and had seen something. It's never a mannequin, by the way. It's never a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> well, because nobody believes that that could right. really happen. Um. So, so they thought like once, and this, again, this is September 21st article in the, this one was in the Deseret News, I think. And the the detective at the time, Phil Olmstead was like, okay, well now that we've got a body, we know that this is a homicide. We should have somebody like, they were pretty confident that they were going to have somebody pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So now, um, the case went cold. They, they didn't, they had a bunch of leads. They had some suspects um, fast forwarding like years and years, they said that there's of a pool of a hundred suspects, there's a top 20 and there is a guy, um, that we'll talk about in one second. But in 1983, do you guys remember Arthur Gary Bishop? Mm-hmm. I did not, I knew his name. I did not know what an evil S O B he was. What did he so do? Arthur Gary Bishop was raised in the church that we identify with the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he served a mission in the Philippines. He came home, and he quickly, like, he embezzled some money, got excommunicated from the church in 1979. Well, he murdered, in 1983, he confessed to murdering Graham Cunningham, a 13-year-old boy, but during the interrogation, he confessed to the murder of five boys from 1979 to 1983 in Utah. He lived in Hinkley, Utah. Do you guys know where that is? No, I've never heard of it. I don't know where it is either, but I think he was in Salt Lake when he was doing this, in the Salt Lake area, because of some of the parks. Down there, so it's... So it's um, it's looking like it's kind of southwest Utah. But Millard I don't... County. Which county? Millard County. Millard County. So anyway, so they finally... He was... Uh, just wicked, wicked, wicked person. So he, his first murder was in an apartment complex, which I am sure is not in Hinkley, Utah. He was living mm-hmm. in an apartment complex and a little boy, four years old, and I forget his name, and I'm sorry that I don't know his name, um, 
was playing out in the courtyard and nobody was around. And he um, kind of asked him if he wanted to come into his apartment, promised him something, probably bubble gum and ice cream, who knows. And um, then he murdered him, strangled him, drowned him in the bathtub and did all terrible things to him and then dumped his body and dug a grave up the canyon. I swear it's in Salt Lake. So over the next five years, he just took one after another after another. Well, at some point, they're all kind of near him, you know. He's starting to look like a suspect. But this Graham Cunningham, a 13-year-old, he took, he convinced him to go duck hunting with him. And again, this is 1983. And he, what he would do is he would, the older boys, he would pay them money to pose nude for him. To, for his own pornography collection. He was, at that time, he was getting pornography out of Scandinavia somewhere and and the channels got cut off. And so he decided, well, the best way to get my porn is to make it. And so he would pay these boys money to pose nude for him. And he had marijuana and alcohol in his apartment that he didn't smoke or drink, but he had it for them if they wanted it. Mm-hmm. And so the, he took this gram up Duck well, good thing he didn't smoke or drink. Oh, God, for you. <laughs> He's dead, and I'm super happy. If I could find his grave, I'd dance on it. Um, so, so he talked this kid into posing for him, and he paid him money. But he said in his confession, he knew that he would never stay quiet. And so when he turned his back, he shot him twice, and then he left him there. And then he was going to take another kid. I don't know. The, but pretty soon... Like, he was the last one seen with this kid. And the police rounded him up, took him in, and as they started interrogating, he knew that they were going to... He spilled the tea. Like, he just sang like a canary and told him all of these other kids that he had led him to the graves, like the whole shebang. And so for a while, I mean, because, you know, it's Utah, 1983. How many serial killers can we have? So they really thought that Rachel Runyon was his... Maybe they could attribute her death to his he was he a white boys. he did like boys he said he was he called himself a homosexual pedophile that he liked little boys and so for a while they were like looking at him like that he was a suspect but they he denied denied he ad- freely admitted to the other murders and he denied hers until her death until he was executed on june 10th 1988 and we should probably have a party on June 10th because he's dead and I'm happy. <laughs> so two and a half years later, um, in 1985, the police found a handwritten message at an all-night laundry. And it said, beware, I'm still at large. I killed the little Runyon, exclamation point, girl. And then I think it was supposed to say, remember, but it said R-E-M-B-E-R. Remember, beware, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then an upside down cross with a six, six, and six at the bottom of the cross. And I don't know, maybe that's a Satan thing that I'm not aware of. And at that time, they thought that this could be a prank because it's two and a half years later. Um, And, oh, that wasn't in Salt Lake. That was somewhere near Sunset or... It could be written by the killer, and they weren't sure. They were never able to tie that to anybody. So the case just went cold. Like, they you, it, they would bring it up in the news every few years. 
I remember reading in the Standard Examiner or hearing from mom who had heard from I don't know who that they thought that maybe she was taken and used in a snuff film. Like, yeah, and I, I was... I remember that. I, rem that rem I remember that rumor, like... And I remember reading about that in the newspaper, but I cannot, without going through newspapers, and I don't wouldn't even know where to start, like because that would have been years later in the 90s, like the late 80s and the 90s, that someone came to the police, a, a tipster, and said that he remembered the dress that she was wearing. It was like a blue and white or, or red and white or something. He remembered seeing that in a snuff film, but... It was an anonymous tip because, of course, he doesn't want to admit that he's seen such a thing. And then they tried to, they tried to like run that down, and I don't know if they ever came up with anything. Um, so the police did have a suspect um, who has been a person of interest, who was 20 years old at the time, and he worked for Don Trucking Company in Farmington, New Mexico, at some point. Um, and then. That was um, in 2012. That one's come up. So that one, I found that tip on Reddit. I popped over back to the news articles. In 2012, a Pennsylvania man who had been on the police's radar in Utah, um, he was 50 years old in 2012. He came back to the attention of the police because in 2011, he took his own child after an argument with his girlfriend and an Amber Alert was sent out. And here's this guy's name that the Sunset Police know is associated with the Rachel Runyon case. Mm -hmm. um, that child was recovered safely. And then the child and then the suspect was charged with domestic violence. And he also has a history of violent crimes in Utah. Um, he lived in Sunset at the time of Rachel's murder. So that was in 2011-12. Oh, back. I'm kind of going out of order. In 2007, the police used grant money to pay for DNA testing of items found near Rachel's body. And there were preliminary results, so they, they were able to get... Oh, so they did get DNA. DNA, sort oh. of, but it's been unhelpful. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't... I mean, oh, they, well, they have... You know, I've just been reading a lot about these crimes. You know, 60% um, of white people can be traced now. The through, genealogy? Through the DNA, forensic genealogy, and they think within, I can't remember, another three or five years, it'll be 90% of people will be, there's no hiding, you know. I always just thought there would be, you know, like I know there's no hiding in the next life. As soon as you die, you're right, you know, you're shebang, gonna... you're paying. But but in this life, I, I, I just have been, I've been reading all these stories about people that, have done their DNA testing and their life has just turned into a storm because right. women cannot hide their secrets and neither can men that are getting calls from their children that are 50 to 70 years old. Well, the 70 year old, they're like, their parents are dead. A right. lot of them, the, everyone's dead. All their parents, their birth father, their yeah. birth mother and the guy that raised them. And so there's no one to ask questions to. Right. Like, well, and you know, the thing is, is that, like, so there was items found around her, but I swear to you it was her underwear. I think that she I had... I think so, too. I 
I just, I need to, I'm so sorry I didn't go to the librarian and look it up because I didn't realize that the newspaper articles prior to the internet age, there is nothing on the computer. Like you have to go to original sources to find it. But so if there's her underwear and they have DNA off that, well then somebody's going down. But like all the other debris and stuff like could be stuff that's been up there or who knows, I don't know. So anyway, her mother, Elaine Runyon Simmons, um, still advocates for her and brings up the case as often as she can. Um, she was pretty um, instrumental before the Amber Alert was nationwide. Um, every state kind of had their own system before they um, made it a nationwide thing. And the the alert here in Utah was called the Rachel Alert. And then once it went nationwide, then everybody, of course, called it the Amber Alert. Um, the park, in 2016, the park where she was taken um, in Sunset, Utah, was renamed the Rachel Runyon Memorial Park. And her brother, at that time, they did an article, and her brother, Justin, said that he had felt responsible almost his whole life oh, for so her... Sad that he felt guilty. He said, I thought it was my fault. I thought that I screwed up. And then when he finally, when his little boy was five, and he looked at how little he was, and he realized how tiny that his little boy was, and he's like, I was just lucky that I didn't get That's snatched. That's what I was thinking, that he I'm was just lucky, lucky didn't go too. that I didn't get taken with her. But he had, so he finally forgave himself. Oh, that's in nice. his adult life. But that's all I have, friends. That's the Rachel Runyon case. Oh, that is so... That terrified me growing up. I was 12. I was 9. I remember when she was missing and everyone was looking for her. Uh-huh. And, and, of course, Adam Walsh. I couldn't put Adam Walsh in the timeline, so he was the year before. Right. That so. was the first one, and it was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, these, you just couldn't imagine those bad things happening. We did not ever hear about those bad things happening. Right. And then it followed up with her, and they found her, and then I don't know when the theory about the snuff film came out, but you're right. Mom said that to us. Over and over. Like, And you know what? I remember, because I went... So it must have been, I got married in 96, and I took the newspaper, and I read the newspaper every single morning with my bowl of cereal. Like, and so I remember even reading about that theory, but that's why I say, like, I don't even know how I would track that down unless I could follow. So it's um, the guy that's in charge, or was in charge in the late teens, like 2016 or whatnot, was um, Ken Eborn was the chief of police over in Sunset. And that's just a hop, skip, and a jump from here. So, you know, hey, Ken. <laughs> I'm wondering about the Rachel Runyon case. What can you tell me about it? You know, that's that what what is there that's public that isn't easily available on the Internet, you know, that could help? Because the, the thing is, they've said in all of the articles, they're like, the one said, and this was at 25 years in, and we're at, what, 30? Do some math for me, somebody. Some math magician needs it to... It was 30 years in 18, right? Or was it 82? 82. Oh, so we're at goodness. 37 this summer, right? You know, I have to say... There's got to be somebody who knows something. All, when I think about all these unsolved cases, what could we do? We could all get DNA tested. 
that's what you could do to help solve a crime. Mm-hmm. You know, is get DNA tested and and load your stuff up. Because if it's someone you know, because I have no, even if it was a close family member, I I have no compunction. If you did the time or did the crime, you can do the time. You can do the time. And if, for sure. And yeah. I don't care if you murdered someone. Even if I found out it was my own dad, you know, which of course it never which of would course be. our dad is not a murderer. <laughs> but I just I feel that strongly about justice. I mean, I would never hide a murderer. Neither would I. My kids, my husband, nobody. So no, no, or a uh, rapist, you know, nope. Because I think rapists ought to be executed. So they certainly can go to jail. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, what could you do for unsolved well, crimes if everyone got DNA tested? Um, well, and then also like if somebody somebody must know something was their theory. Like it's unlikely that this man who took her stayed completely quiet for now 36 years. Like that he didn't tell somebody sometime, somewhere. And it would be interesting, like, I'm I'm wondering if they don't have a full DNA profile, if they just have a partial or, you know what I mean? Because by the time she was found, if she was so badly decomposed, and Utah summers are hot. Well, and what was he doing here? Why was he in the area... And at that time, trucker, the the Farmington, the Farmington, New Mexico man, and the is the same man that was in Pennsylvania. The guy that was he was a trucker. trucker. And so, I mean, he was in a car though when he dumped her in Utah, and she wasn't found for three weeks. Essentially, the August twenty sixth to September nineteenth. That that guy was the one that he had a similar car. Yeah. To what the kids had described. He owned a similar car yeah. to that. Yeah. So, and somebody on the Reddit message board was like, look, my theory is, is the police who know, know who did this, and they don't have enough evidence to prove it. They're just waiting. And so, and I don't know that. I don't have an opinion on that, but I wouldn't be surprised because well, that's kind just, of the way that it goes with a lot of the crimes. They're like, you know what? My spidey sense is just... Telling me it's this dude, but I cannot. There's not enough to nail them for it. Well, I'm and I'm back to if if they both said it was a black guy. There's not. I mean, the pool is pretty slim pickings in Utah you know, in 1982. Co- yeah, if you've got a, a car, <laughs> that's what you the, know. That's and, what a description this, of a somebody car. on Reddit said. They're like, look, 1982 Utah. There were probably 10 black guys that fit that description. <laughs> now you get narrow it down to the mustache and the car, and there's only one. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So, like, and especially it was a blue mid-sized car with the, with the um, wood paneling down the, down the center. I mean, I realize wood paneling was quite the rage, but still, yeah. that is fairly specific. Well... Yeah, when you pair that with a black guy, I mean, I, I just I feel like too like these court cases were or these these crimes really focused us in the wrong direction because you were so worried about stranger danger, and that really isn't where the danger is. Yes, it is. It's sensational, and this happened, and the Adam Walsh, uh-huh, right? But you could name them. When in reality, you know, you look at today and kids go missing and someone's wife goes missing, 
And nine times out of ten, it's, it's the dad, the husband, the... Boyfriend, it's yes, the family member. It's someone that they knew. It's someone that they knew. So these were random and rare. But, you know, the people... Like, I was a teenager then, so, you know, 30 years later. The people that are doing the killing and stuff were, like, not even... A lot of them that now are doing the killing weren't even born then. Born then. They have been raised in the society of with the increase in pornography and in mm-hmm. the increase, you know, of broken families and you know what I mean? It's like it, when you look at it that way, yeah, things weren't things were a lot different then. Well, they were a lot different then and the world changed and now this new group of people, they're a new group of people. They weren't raised how we were raised. They were raised in the new world, a lot of them. You know that the people that are doing the murdering and murdering their own kids and murdering their own families. I mean, they... Right. Well, I think the point is, though, is that yeah. the danger is more likely very close to you. And it was like, even then. But yeah. they didn't do autopsies. They didn't do DNA. Yeah. You know, you called the police and said, you know, oh, my kid fell. They didn't go do a whole uh, investigation. Skeletal, skeletal no, survey. We didn't have a lot of people yeah. turning up dead no. either. So, no, not you know, as many, no. The, 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 this whole, you should be afraid, right? You should, I told my classes, if you're not a girl, you don't understand that every night when you walk out of the grocery store, you have to have a, a strategy to get to your car. Mm-hmm. You hold your purse a certain way, you hold your keys a certain way, and you're looking and you're, there's a little bit of fear as you get to your car. Yep. And unless you're a girl, you're never going to understand that fear. You just aren't. Husband oh. of mine and I discussed this. <laughs> and he was saying something about, we were discussing that very thing. And I'm like, well, do you, are you worried when you leave the grocery store at night? And he's like, well, no. Maybe if he's in a bad neighborhood, thinking he's going to get mugged with somebody with a gun. But now, I mean, I guess the, the fear is in bad neighborhoods, like anyone could be um, taken advantage of one way or the other physically or just like robbed or whatever at gunpoint but for girls we have the physical disadvantage Mm -hmm. men are stronger faster bigger they're just they just are they're physically um more powerful well liesel was like fighting with jeremy she's like okay come and get me and i'm gonna try and get away and he's like no i'm just gonna hurt you yeah (laughs) she's like she's like Okay, he's like, all right, what I'll do is I'm going to come up from behind and grab you, and you just try and get away. He goes, and as soon as I think that you're going to hurt me, I'm going to let go. (laughs) So she, he grabs her around, because she's been, you know, doing her core to force or whatever she's doing, (laughs) like boxing. She thinks she's all hot stuff. And he grabs her around her, you know, from behind, around her arms, so her arms are pinned to her side, and then he's got her tight. She's trying to get away, and then he, like, pretty gently, I mean, he didn't hurt her, but he put her, he got her down onto the ground, and she's like, oh my gosh, she's so strong, mom. I'm like, I know. She's like, okay, like, go of me now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> reality check. Yeah, and that's, that's what exactly. Girls think they're stronger, I do this, or that you wouldn't do any such thing. You'd get you know? raped is what you'd get. <laughs> it's like, uh, Yeah. And she was just like, I can't believe it. I'm like, that's why you got to pack heat, honey. Mm -hmm. It's a great equalizer. What we know now is that now 
and even back then, that you were more likely to get taken or hurt or whatever by someone you knew. Yep. And so the random ones like that were sensational for and a reason. And scary because, well, and because you're going to end in death. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you taught your kids about stranger danger, which they needed to know, obviously, but also just not knowing that the danger was also a lot closer to home. Well, I think, too, even like with him, thinking, is this stranger danger? Is because he a stranger? That's what he thought. Is he a stranger? Because he's so nice. Yeah, you know, and well, and I think that's, you know, and so I, you need to be prepared for everything, but it goes back to the same thing. People are so nice. And even if you're in the Brigham City Walmart and a guy you think is a stranger and isn't nice and you're in a safe place, you still don't want to hurt their feelings. That's what people need to do is quit trying to hurt, you know, make somebody feel good. Call the police in Brigham City at midnight on a weekday, they're probably all the donut shops are closed. <laughs> Nothing's going on. They're driving up and down the road looking for somebody to ticket, looking for lights out or something. I'm sure that they would feel like Superman with his cape on if they came to help a damsel in distress walk mm-hmm. out to her car. Yep. And th- well, and realistically, if at the point like what she had to say, she was in danger, and they need to be looking. They need to be checking out who are these people. You know what? Get a plate, run it, see if the yeah. van is stolen. Because yeah. You, yeah, there are people that turn up that turn up missing. So yeah, and even if they had an open donut shot, they still would rather catch sex <laughs> traffickers. I'm sure that they would. Than eat a donut. They could do both. Everyone, actually. police person or not, loves a good donut. Come on. And to catch a sex trafficker. (laughs) I remember I was nine. I was scared. I was scared because mom wouldn't let. So if I was nine, Randy was six. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'd go across the street to Sandy's or whatever. And mom had us like. On lockdown. On lockdown. On a short leash where we would just run across the street and. She wanted to know, like, she'd watch us go across the street, and it just, it was interesting. I went on a walk up on the Ogden Parkway by myself without my dogs, and I had my pepper spray. I went and bought pepper spray before I went, but I'm not kidding. I had my thumb on the trigger, and it was unlocked anytime anyone came near me within 50 feet. And it's the person hiding in the bush that you got to be afraid of that you... Yeah. But I guess if you've got your pepper spray in my hand... Like yeah, yeah, and I, it's that, that gal story up at Brigham City. That is bizarre. But didn't we have another one? Like, IKEA. There was one down at the IKEA with what? the little kids. There's lots of them. I'm on that Weber Davis County page, and they're posting yeah. them. They well, get posted I always frequently. get worried about like the that it's a bunch of bull. Can I tell you feel good moment of the day yes. yesterday? It was so awesome. I Dorinda Sam's to pick up Cameron's graduation announcements. And I'm kind of in a hurry. I ran right after school. I've got 500 things to do. And so I'm trying to get out of the parking lot to go. You know where Joanne's? You have to go through the Joanne's parking lot to come uh-huh. out. And there's the two fields on both sides yes. of you. And this car in front of me stops pulling out. And, of course, I immediately want to cuss this person out and say, what the? Anger. What the? <laughs> are you doing? Oh, I'm in a hurry. Bleep, bleep, bleep. And they're just stopped. And I could tell something was wrong. And I thinking should I go around them or not so I just sit there for a minute and all of a sudden a mama duck (laughs) 
comes out from in front of their car with her ten little ducklings. Her baby ducklings. They're walking across the road and she's kind of walking ahead and hurting them and turning behind and checking on them. And they walk up. She hops up on the curb, goes into the bushes, into her nest. I can see her head sitting there. And then little ten ducklings each hop up onto the curb, walk oh, up in the grass into moths. the nest. So like, cute. What are they doing? What if we get around and crunch I them? know. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> crunch. Oops. That was Feathers. exactly what I thought. Like, I'm in such a and, hurry. And the other person doing their story was like, we were parked in the middle, and there were these cute little ducks and then this crazy lady comes flying around and squashed them. She massacred the ducks. I almost did. That's exactly what I thought. But I looked on the right. There's like a little swampy Oh yeah, on the right. Uh And on the left is just grass. And so so like, she's just like, they, they went down they to swim, and swim, eat their little bugs, and now it's time for a nap. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Sister Squad today. Please stay tuned for a bonus clip on where would Jesus stand and get your own dang chicken. I was sitting in church one day and people were making comments. And I can't remember, they were talking about, um, like the one lady in front of me was talking about, like these days... This was had a political slant to it. I hate the lessons mm, yeah, where you've got the liberal. And the girl in front of me is like, well, people this day is like, I've got, I've got, I've got mine. And so, you know, like if you've got chickens, like somebody hasn't, doesn't have a chicken. You're like, I've got chickens. Get your own chicken. That's what people are like today. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, and back in the old days, they would just give you a chicken. <laughs> oh, bullshit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So she's she's talking, and I am just like, I'm so pissed. Like, I am like, I'm instant pissed because I hate this leftist slant of, you know, (coughs) Jesus was a socialist bullshit, you know, and they're not going to out and out say it. We all know where he sits on my scale. You know, right in the middle. Right in the middle. (laughs) He sits in the middle. So. And I got to class the next day, by the way, and there were quotes up on the board. Where does Jesus sit? <laughs> Mrs. Stimson. <laughs> WWJS. Or WW. Where would Jesus sit? Yeah. WWJS. Where would Jesus sit? Okay, so. Anyway. So I raised my hand and I was just like, oh, I'm trying to think, like projecting. It's like, you know, I think there's a whole lot of projecting because really what she's doing is judging everybody else right. today why people won't give this person a chicken. Which <laughs> I, your own chicken. Which Get an egg. Is, which puts her on the left because that's like someone should be giving someone something. You know? Where yes. we live in America and there are social programs for people that don't have chickens. <laughs> you know? And they can go and take their food stamps and buy a chicken to the store and get their chicken that's already been cut and battered for it, you know. So, pick it right out of the freezer section. So she's lost. She's gone. She's crossed over. So, oh, uh, it's so, so anyway, I couldn't stand it. I was so mad, but I was like, you know. And then I'm like, okay, here's the thing. I'm like, okay. I said, you know, what I think happens, got nothing in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, 
it's like well, I mean, projecting. In some, in some you, ways, it's you, hard not to project. Like it's but, hard yes. to imagine well, someone else's life. Well, you do because you always, well, which is what you're supposed to do is like put yourself in their shoes, and you're like putting. But really, what you're doing is you're putting them in your shoes, which you're judging people Sorry. based on like what you would do. But in projecting that way, it's like I, I just said. I think there's a whole lot of projection that goes on because you're like people. Nowadays, want to say, oh, I what I see a lot is, you know, the rich hate the poor, or, you know, people that don't, like, people, like, I'm trying to think how I said it, people that don't want um, welfare, or like conservatives, I guess is what I said, like conservatives hate the poor, and they want to do away with welfare. I says when in reality, um, people... A lot of times people, if you talk to conservatives, no, they want people to be able to eat, but they want people to learn to feed, to learn to feed themselves. They want people to be self-reliant, you know, rather than give them a fish, they want people to learn how to fish for themselves. And so, I just said, I think there's a whole lot of projection that goes on when you're thinking, because you don't know why that person won't give away their chicken. Maybe they, Maybe need they the don't chicken. have any chickens. You know, maybe it's the only chicken they got. Maybe, you know, I said, I just think people project a lot. Basically, like, you know, people just need to mind their own business. Thanks for joining us for another Sister Squad. And if you like us, please subscribe.